0: Natasha Ryan, and it is time to head north. I am so excited for this week's podcast. We are going to be talking about a humanitarian group, DT Care, that makes its mission to leave the world in a better place and it found it. I love this. With me today, Courtney Robson. I want you to introduce yourself, where you're from, how'd you land with DT care before we get into the mission? Just a little bit about yourself, please, Courtney.
1: Yeah, fantastic. So um, I'm from Pittsburgh originally and um, DT Care is located here in Pittsburgh. Um, Go Penn State. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, right out of there. <laughs> um, And we, um, yeah, I was an educator for a long time. I worked in art education um, and being involved in the youth and, and just sort of community empowerment programs. Um, so when I left education, I was really thrilled to begin working with DT care that does a a lot of local nonprofit work and international nonprofit, um, and humanitarian projects.
0: Okay. Dive into that a little bit more for me. Mm -hmm. What is DT cares mission and where do you operate? What does it look like?
1: Yeah. So we, um, we operate uh, most of our programs are international humanitarian relief projects and we do um, different levels of that so when there's an emergency we respond with immediate support immediate humanitarian relief um, and then we try from there to build medium and long-term projects so not only are we responding to um disasters, but then we're also coming in and we're talking with people in countries about, you know, well, what else is needed? Tell me about education here. Tell me about what you need in terms of medical support. And then we respond to that. So for example, we have a program in Panama um, that we started with sort of sending down medical items and medical equipment. Uh, we talked to uh, people in a community called Montelirio. Um, We found out about some needs in education. We started a free school um, and tutoring program. We launched um, women's empowerment programs, small business education sessions um, to sort of go from there. So not just responding to one issue, but how can we help this community or this population um, long-term?
0: And part of the way you're able to accomplish that is your partnership with, of course, your, uh, your parent company, as I would call it maybe. But um, talk a little bit about how DT Care was founded.
1: Sure, so um, DT Gruwell is an international shipping and logistics company here in Pittsburgh. Um, they've family owned and operated for over 30 years, oh, cl- close to 40 years. And um, Marco Gruel, uh, his father founded that, his name was Gerard Timothy Gruel, and that's how that DT Gruel name came. Um, When Tim retired, um, Marco became the managing director of DT Gruel. Um, Through his work with international logistics and transporting difficult things, or items into difficult locations, he got involved with um, humanitarian work, and he started in 2019 DT Care, uh, and as the sort of um, group that takes over those projects of not just transporting supplies where they need to go, but then, like I said, those running those programs from um, those supplies and those resources and connections.
0: That's fantastic. I love it because you have someone that took their line of business and then developed a humanitarian arm, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, to, to better the world. What is it like to be a part of that? Like you're, you're part of something bigger, right?
1: No, it's, it's really incredible. Um, and because we get a lot of donations from our community of things like um, clothing or medical supplies, uh, you know, humanitarian items, we can um and we have the ability to ship those and get them where they need to go we can run a lot of really diverse programs and we can respond really uniquely to um things that the people that we're working with say in poland or in ukraine we can hear what they need in this town what kind of program they need we can get the supplies there and we can start building up those um, like social programs
0: This is great. I was going to lead into Ukraine. So how if you're wondering, well, why is the North Group having Courtney from DT Gruel on? I'll tell you, it's because they can protect shipments and assets. And that's something the North Group is always interested in collaborating with. Right. So that's how we got turned on to DT Care. And I want to jump into the Ukraine, Poland aspect of this. So when everything happened, when did you guys decide, hey, we need to act and we need to do something there?
1: Yeah. Well, it was um, pretty immediate. Um, The invasion happened on the 24th of February. I think everybody in the office sort of had a collective like, oh my God moment. Mm -hmm. And um, Marco at the time, or the DT Cares president was in Bosnia. And he called us on the evening of the 24th and said, come up with a plan. We need to get involved. And so on the 25th, um everybody in the office was on it we were um ordering hygiene supplies we were uh, organizing a assembly um event to make sure that you know we could build as many hygiene kits as we could Um, those hygiene kits were sent over to poland and distributed um within about two weeks Uh, of getting involved, which is pretty fast turnaround because it takes about a week and something to get over there, the supplies. Absolutely. Um, And from then we just started, you know, probably twice a week having events like that, collecting supplies, getting them packed up, getting them shipped over.
0: And beyond that, uh, you know, now we were supposed to have Paulina from Ukraine on with us. Unfortunately, that couldn't happen because of technical difficulties. So we're going to do our best to talk about this art therapy program that she facilitates in Ukraine. First of all, I want to talk about, um, who the art therapy is geared towards.
1: Yeah. So just to maybe rewind a little bit. So we were sending those when we first got involved, what we were hearing from our partners in Poland and Ukraine was we need support for refugees. We need support for refugees. And so that's where we were focused. Um, as the conflict went on, we started sending over medical supplies, you know, getting over there wheelchairs, hospital beds, gauze, um, IFAT kits, like emergency first aid kits. So we were, we were responding in that way. Um, when Marco was over there in August, he was meeting with uh, the charity fund for the Ukrainian Navy, and we were talking to them, or he was talking to them And asking okay so we're continuing to send these kinds of supplies what are you going to need in a month or in three months and their responses or their response was we need additional support for mental health and so that is where he came back from that trip and said we need to plan how we're going to start a mental health program because we can send supplies that keep people alive and we can send supplies that help them immediately. But how? what is our long-term goal here? And we need to make sure that these people are being healed, not just physically, but emotionally and, and mentally.
0: And there are so many people in need of mental health support. You're talking about children who have no parents, you're talking about soldiers who have taken so many lives. Uh, you know, it just spans across a great audience. So tell me how you came on to art therapy.
1: Yeah, so um, it was actually the the Navy's request or their idea about art therapy. There is a stigma, I think, even here in the United States about getting mental health therapy and 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 mental mental health services but i think especially there they they see that stigma so when they suggested our therapy they were thinking that this would be maybe um a different way to get therapy services to somebody who would not be comfortable going to a traditional psychologist you know the traditional setting of sitting on the couch Mm -hmm. talking and reliving that trauma right Um, so we started, um, I attended the art therapy, um, American Art Therapy Associations Conference in Minneapolis um, and learned as much as I could, talked to some fantastic resources, because um, we're not usually in the habit of starting mental health programs, so we wanted to make sure we were doing it right. Sure. We went and talked to um, professors from NYU and Florida State, Seton Hill, um, other experts from around the country and just got as much information as we could. And then we started our first program with the Navy in November. We hired five art therapists. Well, some of them had art therapy training prior, and some of them were were new to this process. Um, and so we set up not only for them to be seeing clients um, with the Navy and their families, but also those therapists in Ukraine meet weekly with our team here in the United States, um, for professional development, um, just general support, you know, because those therapists are also seeing a lot of trauma and experiencing a lot of that trauma. So not only do we want to give them tools to help their patients, but also to help themselves. What does our
0: therapy entail? What does that look like?
1: So, it is, um, it's a way, you know, when you're experiencing a, a, a massive trauma, the the brain and your body just sort of wants to shut down, right? You go into this sort of survival mode. Yep. Um, and especially the way that it was explained to me, you're just sort of reacting a lot, right? It, it, you're just sort of in this reactive mode of, of getting through surviving. And when you're making art therapy with a trained therapist, what you're doing is you're sort of activating other parts of the brain that have been shut down. Um, And you're, you're creating, you're making art, you know, it's not on the logical, you know, um, side, it's on the creative side. And you're sort of rebuilding those parts of the brain that have sort of been closed down or put away. Um, and it's a way to to sort of heal the the whole
0: person and and how did you find paulina
1: um so when we were interested in starting this art therapy program of course we had to find art therapists who um or or at least highly trained therapists And it was sort of like a group effort. We reached out to people in the Navy. The Navy does have um, like a branch of psychological services. So they reached out. Um, We have partners in the, like the Boys and Girl Scouts of Poland and Ukraine. And one of our contacts there specifically said, I I have somebody that I know. Her name is Paulina. Um, They sent us her resume. We reached out. Uh, I traveled to Ukraine in November. We got to meet uh, Paulina and she is fantastic.
0: And did you get to see the program put into play or you just were there to kind of meet Paulina?
1: Well, we were there um, yeah, at that point the program officially started. We had um, sort of met Paulina over you know whatsapp and via text and email prior to that you know talking about looking over her resume, what were her you know, skills she had met a few times already with our American therapists um, so by the time I got over there in, in mid-November she was already on board and um, so when we were there like when Marco and I were there uh, we got to yeah talk with with them how the program is going how what kind of um, people are you seeing what kind of support do you need yeah, and we got to see firsthand, you know, being there and the power would go out and how they responded and um, all of our, of course, communication between our Ukrainian team and our U.S. team is all done online and, and what a challenge that is whenever they don't right. have internet. Um, and so it's been a lot of problem solving as far as just technical issues go. Um, but yeah, we had the opportunity to meet um, and to, and to work together during my time there.
0: What are some of the results you've seen that you've been like, that's cool?
1: Um, well, you know, we've heard really positive feedback from not only our therapists, um, about how much they're, they feel like they're growing, how much they, you know, that they feel really supported. Um, we've heard positive feedback from the Ukrainian Navy that this program, um, that veterans who are going there are reporting that it's being helpful. Um, And I think the the biggest indicator that it's a successful program is that we are seeing more and more and more people coming and asking for help. Um, I mean, I I know the program's only been running for for two and a half months, but in those two and a half months, we've just seen a a really large increase, really positive feedback
0: uh, of people who are saying, this is working and I'd like to come back. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. I love to hear that. It's so important for people that take on these roles, you know, especially soldiers, you know, these I've got to be tough. I can't be vulnerable. I can't let my guard down. I can't admit that I'm not okay. Like we just released a podcast today, actually, on it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to ask for help.
1: Yeah. And especially, I mean, we, we're seeing people who have who have gone through and experienced some really, really traumatic Um, war, you know, like experiences, and it's okay to get help. And it's okay if you haven't experienced that, just the trauma and the stress and the frustration and the, it's okay to get help if you haven't experienced that intense trauma, like what you're going through is still hard. Um, And so at our Navy Center, we see veterans, but we also see, like you said, their families, their children, um, because it's a a type of therapy that can help anybody. Um, And so we are, are seeing that. And we're also interested in opening a second location in Odessa that does focus more on not just soldiers, but like, um, you know, children and women in the communities, people who are internally displaced, you know, maybe they're from another city and now they're in Odessa Um, and and general community outreach. So we're hoping um, as that second center gets up and running that we are not just having people come to us at the center, but that we are running programs at the libraries or at the IDP centers or at the Odessa Fine Arts Museum. We really wanna take art therapy into the community so that even if somebody isn't comfortable coming to us, they maybe see that we're there, see it working, see that it's not super scary and that it can help them even in a small way.
0: What was your visit to Ukraine like?
1: Oh, it, (laughs) um, it is a really, really beautiful country. And I really hope that when this war is over and Ukraine, you, when Ukraine regains its country back, that, that they really, that the people of the world experience it, that they, you know, maybe travel there, they eat the food, they learn more about the country because it is a really beautiful place full of really strong people um, and interesting people. Um, it was a real honor to be there.
0: What did you, could you feel, I mean, where you were specifically, I I don't even know where specifically you were, but could you, I mean, you're in a war-torn country, but not every part of Ukraine reflects that, Mm -hmm. right? So were you, where were you specifically? And did you feel that angst, you know, did you see it around you?
1: Yeah, so um, we started our trip in in Kyiv, um, and then I, we traveled down to Odessa and I was in Odessa for about five days. Um, about our second, my second day there, uh, we were sitting in, in a meeting and, and everybody was sort of talking and everybody's phone vibrated and, and I said, what's that? And they said, oh, it's missiles. And I said, oh, what do we do? <laughs> you know, oh, it's a missile strike and i said what do we do and they said well there's nothing that you can do uh let's just hope it's not for us and i said okay so i i was like sort of uh looking out the window and they were like and they laughed and they said well if you can see it it's too late so i said it was just a very
0: um that's gonna be surreal <laughs> in every sense of the word.
1: Yeah, it was very, it was really surreal cause there is nothing really that you could do. I mean, you know, there are bomb shelters and things like that that are, uh, are available, but I mean, it because it's so constant that a lot of people it's just going about your life. So we, we finished up our meeting and everybody said, or let's go and, you know, uh, get some lunch. So we went to a restaurant and there was a big pop, and all the power went out at just everywhere, the whole city, it was hit by a huge strike. And the power remained off the rest of my time there for the remaining like four or five days, or about four days. Um, and it would, it would come on a little bit, and it would, you know, blink back out. And it was really in, uh, sort of incredible how much it impacted just everything, right? Yeah. If I would, if I wanted to make a phone call, I'd be like, "Oh, I I can't," you know. Or if I wanted to, um, I, I mean, anything, right? If I wanted to look up where the nearest place to grab uh, groceries or water, I couldn't because my, of course, GPS or phone wasn't working. Um, it made it really difficult to 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 do a lot of things. Um, I was really lucky um, close to my Airbnb. There was a Restaurant with a generator, so after a little bit, it got up and running. I was able to go and, you know, charge my phone and 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 get supplies and things like that. But yeah, it was a it was a huge challenge.
0: How eye opening is it to be sitting in a meeting and seeing their normal when we're here, and yeah. quite frankly, we're very fortunate and uh, and somewhat oblivious to what most of the other parts of the world live through daily i mean what is it like to see the difference in your normal operating days here in the states and then in a war-torn country
1: yeah it was so um after odessa we went back up to kiev and even you know kiev um our our hotel had power and i felt really fortunate it was really interesting but even then you know there's curfew um, in the evening, none of the street lights are on, right. It's, it's really dark. And then when I got back to Poland, it was even from one side to the other, it was so different because all the street lights were on and people were out and all the restaurants were open and, and Marco and I got back and we were like, why is there so many lights here? Like it was, it, com- it was really kind of shocking after being somewhere where that wasn't a thing for, um, and so it is an adjustment. It is an adjustment, and it, it like you said, it does really make us feel fortunate to have what we have, and it really underlines how important it is that we help out Ukraine because they're such a a fantastic um, country, and and you know to see people suffering like that is is really difficult. So.
0: Do you think and i'm sure your answer is yes maybe i should ask how uh when you have the perspective of being there interacting with the people in the community how much greater is a gift to you all of that when you run the program yeah it
1: i think it's um absolutely necessary to be there and to meet with people to really understand um you know because before, like you can run a program and you think, oh, this will be really good. But unless you're there and understanding, um, it, it, it just really changes the way that you think about it. Um, so for example, we were um, talking to our, before I went over, we were talking to the Navy and we were talking about our, our office, where people would come to us and see um, the therapists. And we were going back and forth and everything seemed great. And then we got there and we realized our office is on the seventh floor. And it would, of course, there's no reliable power, so you can't use the elevator. Well, that makes it really difficult for somebody with um, maybe a wheelchair or needs mobility aid to get that help. Right. That wasn't something that came up prior to that until you were there and you were seeing it. So now, of course, when we're looking at our second location, we're like, it needs to be ground level or there needs to be a way that we can meet with people in a place that if they're in a wheelchair or if they need help, that they don't have that they're not limited in that access. Right. Um, So, yeah, being there and really seeing it, it it really um, made it concrete what like the obstacles are that maybe we wouldn't have normally even thought about.
0: And I'm sure you became more personally invested in the success of the program.
1: Yeah, yeah. And seeing the people, you know, and and, and seeing um, – I was even there the one time when a, a somebody came in to speak with a therapist and just, you know, being there was, was really emotional. They were really um, – really needed some support and being able to see our therapist like get them calmed down get them into the office and you know everything that they talked about was private i was just in the waiting room area but it was really emotional to see how much that person really needed that help and that we were there to or not you know but the therapist paulina actually was there to help that person
0: i love that you know the resounding adjective that i think uh, that i associate the ukrainian people with is resilient. Like i always come back to resilience when i think of ukraine. Mm-hmm. Well, Courtney, this has been great. I want to talk now um, move into a little bit about how you fund all of this. You need donations. How does this work?
1: Um yeah, yeah, we so DT Gruel um does um make contributions like financial contributions to sure. DT care. Yep. Um, a lot of our programs, especially our art therapy programs, are funded by individuals. Um, we recently had a church that that made a contribution. Um, we have a, a doctor that has pledged to help out with um, salaries. And, you know, we just really try to um, you know, understand that those donations are coming from people and we need to be responsible to their donations. So we try really hard to make sure that every dollar, every dollar that we spend goes towards projects um, and, and, and the salaries of people overseas who are working um, so to make those projects happen. if
0: someone's listening to this podcast and wants to help, how mm-hmm. would you suggest they do that?
1: Um, a really great place to start is they can email email us at info at dtcare um, because donations and yeah yeah because donations and, and volunteering can look a lot of different ways. You know, somebody might say, "Oh, I have you know I'm able to donate some finances." Fantastic. We can talk to them about that. Um, some people say, "Well, I don't have that, but I have um, you know medical equipment that I can." Can donate and and we can take that. Um, so the donations look a, a lot of different ways, and I think the best place to start is just by sending an email, or by visiting the website, um, and and you could read about our projects on there, and and you could say, hey, I really want to help out with this project in Ukraine, or I really am feeling inspired by uh, the work you're doing with the orphanages. Can you can we help support that program? And then we could talk to those donors about about that.
0: Yeah. And I just want to kind of plug your website for a second. So to date, DT Karras and over 30 shipments of humanitarian and medical supplies to underserved regions. It's not just Ukraine, right? It's Panama, Lebanon, Ukraine, Poland. You're really trying to target the most in need. So thank you for the work you do. Much appreciated. Thank you you for coming on the podcast. Any final thoughts, Courtney?
1: No, I just really appreciate you having me here today. Um, I, I really appreciate you sharing the work that we're doing. Um, and it's not just us. There's so many fantastic organizations who are there and who are working. We're really lucky to work with some really amazing people. Um, and that's another way that we can, can do everything that we do because we have trusted partners over there who are helping us to get these items where they need to go over into front lines or over into orphanages. We're, we're working with really fantastic groups. Um, so it's not just us and we can't do it alone and we're really grateful for our partners in Ukraine, in Poland um, and and people like you that that share and and get the word out um, it's it really is is fantastic. so thank you.
0: Well thank you I appreciate that and you know the North group in 2023 we are trying to make it our mission to make sure that we evolve the conversation surrounding mental health. You know, we want to do our part in this and make sure that anyone that needs help is not afraid to ask for it, especially in a sector or industry that has long, you know, tried to put on a front. We want to we want to get the stigma gone. We want people to have open conversations about their struggles with mental health so they can get the help they need. Um, so we don't have to incur more loss. Um, Courtney, thank you so much. For more episodes like this, please go to TNGdefense.com. You can also uh, catch the audio on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Courtney. And we will see you next time. Thank you.